Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast, the podcast that tells the story, highlights the techniques and talks tactics with food growers from all around the world. From market gardeners to allotment holders, field farmers to urban farmers, we want this podcast to inspire you to grow food or help you on your already existing food empire. I'm Chris from Fanfield Farm. I'm Jack from Jack's Patch. So in this week's episode, we introduce Michael Kennard of Compost Club. So last week we spoke to Michael for an hour, we then spoke to him for another hour, so we've had to split this up into two parts. If you haven't listened to the first part, go back to last week's episode and listen to part one with Michael from Compost Club. Otherwise, here's part two. Enjoy. Previously on the Food Grower Podcast. good few years ago now, I converted like a Luton van and then lived in that off-grid for like two and a half years, just like solar panels on the top and... Um, just yeah just totally kind of went in that hole of like we've got to do nothing because I think I had this idea that humans are like innately bad whatever we do (laughs) on this planet it's bad so the best we can try to do is the least bad and it's quite a kind of nasty little view really in the end because it wasn't until I got into like farming and 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 growing that that I kind of realized like you know you can be you can be regenerative and then actually like um, a footprint becomes something you want to leave because you want to have lived and you want to have lived well and you, you what if, if you do that and you're being regenerative you're leaving you're leaving a positive mark um, rather than this yes yeah, a much I find a much more of a much nicer sort of much more positive outlook now certainly for me what's really important is to get it's, it's basically it's like how to and it's like the basics of hot combo things so it's, it's I hope quite sort of broken down quite simply um, in just the basics of how to do it. Because I think it's really important to just get the message out there to as many people that are, if you're a little bit interested, have a little flick through and and, and have a go, um, and then hopefully it can help people. Because I, I hear a lot from people saying, "Oh, I've had a go at composting. It just went. It was just a slime and it stank, and I had to get the council to come and take it away. It was very disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> It's the, yeah, it's that slushiness, that smell. It's when it goes what we know as anaerobic, right? Um, yeah. What's what sort of uh, your you just t- touched on it there, but for people listening who are just getting started, ways to stop that from happening? Carbon, add carbon. So so I've got I've got some relatives until recently would they basically they've got like a lovely caddy and they put all their food waste and veg peelings in there. Um, and then they take it out to their, they've got one of those green joannas, the garlic thing, and they chuck it in there and then they shut the lid. Mm-hmm. And then they fill up their caddy and they take it down, they chuck it in there and they shut the lid. And it's like, yeah, it's like slime because food waste is very, very high in nitrogen. So you need, you need to, I mean, I, I aim for like a 50-50 balance of carbon to nitrogen. So you need to get something Ideally, if you're just putting loads of food waste in, something that's also structural, that holds some air gaps in there, because if you're not getting in there and turning it as well, so like, have a pile, just have a pile of wood chips, and then like, and also just let that wood chips kind of age, because then the fungi start to get in it as well. I don't sell compost. I mean, I do, but, but I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not in, I'm not in the business of selling compost. I'm in the business of selling biology. Compost mm. is just how I make it. So that's mm. one of the things. So I, I've got a microscope, so I sort of put everything under there, take samples regularly and kind of do little. I, I can't wait to start sharing it. I've got a little camera now, because it's like a trinocular, so I could look through and then there's a little one for a camera to go awesome. on the top. 
Oh, so like it's just it's just like bumbling with life, like just just going nuts. So I had to the first sample I did, I had to dilute it down twice because there was too much going on for me to be able to do any sort of count on it. So you did touch on Dr. Elaine Ingram's course. Um, how have you found the sort of in-depth learning of, of the soul? Has it completely changed your perception? It hasn't and it hasn't changed my perception, but it's given me it's given me a lot more understanding, absolutely. I would say that's what it's done. And certainly like in terms of the methods of producing compost, it's changed it like slightly, but a lot of times it was sort of reaffirming stuff I was sort of doing, but just sort of intuitively, I guess, and through trial and error. Um, and obviously it's good to know, like I wouldn't be here talking to you guys, telling you anything, unless I knew that I knew what I knew, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I would just carry on doing it on my allotment by myself. It sort of empowers you, I guess, to sort of become, you know, it gives you that almost that sort of authority to be able to say, I know what I'm talking about here, actually. Look, I, I, I would love, I mean, ever since you've, you did the uh, Dr. Elaine Ingram's course, I've been almost pressing the button to do it and then realizing my, uh, let's be honest, my bank balance can, can, can steep to it. So yeah. is there, I have not, um, there, there is a discount code on my, on my link on my Instagram. Oh, that's awesome. Good oh, that is I good to know. Like, it's again on compost. It's like the, on Instagram. Um, I think it's like um, launch your lab um, package. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the, it's the foundation course and the, and the microscope, like one-on-one -on -one training stuff lumped together. And it, it's like, it's a lot cheaper, basically. That's great to know. I mean, I think it, you've, you've touched on how important it is for people to know this stuff. I think mm. sometimes people would be afraid of that science. They're, 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 if you're just on an allotment, you will be probably afraid of that price tag initially is there somewhere else that that you can recommend that people go to start to to understand this soil science that might not completely frighten them off before well, they then press buy no, on the course it's difficult you know i mean there isn't a lot of entry level it's one of the reasons i started writing that little book you know it, there's not a lot of like entry level stuff so i'm trying to it's something i want to work on myself maybe is to try and produce some content and i mean i always try and put stuff on instagram and stuff but it's difficult in that little that little snapshot but mm -hmm. i am trying to so i've got this little guide but i'm trying to do some other stuff and maybe some video i mean it all depends on at the moment like sort of freeing up the time to do it at the moment i just do all this by myself so yeah. often i'm just in a pile with a fork or um but yeah certainly the message has got to get out there and that there's lots of people doing the course and who have done the course now who are like like you can become like um soil food web um like certified lab essentially mm. um so there's lots of people that are doing that so then you can you can go on and do like a consultant training with them so then you can go on to i mean you can you can do it anyway but you can become certified by them as one of their consultants and go and talk to people like i'm talking to you guys again yeah and go onto their land and and do do samples because you can you can do samples of people's soil in the same way that i was talking about doing with that i do with the compost you can take a sample do an extraction see what biology they've got in their soil and you know work out a way of of sort of boosting that biology if they need that um mm. and yeah i mean you can do i mean one of the one of the best ways in terms of like the compost that i produce often what i say to people is it works out far cheaper to buy like standard compost that you get and then just add the biology to it. So you could get some of my compost and rather than
just buying all of that because it would work out like silly money do either just either just mix some of it in there with it or mm. you can do like a compost extract so you essentially put it in a little tea bag or you put it in in a in a bag that sort of strains it and you basically make a big tea bag extract all that biology you can just do that by hand just just sort of massage it like you would a cup of tea all that humic and fulvic acid comes out neutralizes all the chlorine and the chloramine um, and all the biology becomes soluble into the water and then you can just apply that with a watering can or with a spray thing um, to the foliage and and the soil or the compost and because you've got those alkaline glues that we talked about earlier they'll they'll grab on they'll they'll stick to the plant so you sort of you're giving it an extra coat of the good biology that, that if it was in your soil it would be bringing up itself and, and mm. protecting itself one of the things there's one of the things that's interesting on the course as well which seems obvious now but um like like the pests and diseases and stuff like they like a, a load of pests will attack a certain crop that you've got for example but they'll, they'll they can detect weak plants they can detect where they're going to get what like you know where are we gonna oh that field over there they've got really good biology we'll leave that those ones alone but this guy over here he's just started up and his soil is terrible and these plants are weak we can have a good feast here and we'll, we'll take out the whole lot mm -hmm. which is not, not so good for that grower but it's great for those pests um so they're they're kind of you can protect yourself in the short term if you know your soil biology is bad apply it to the foliage and then fix the soil as well so that then you know going forward because you can just reapply as and when as well um, you can also do like compost teas, which is where you go one step further and you're actually, you have to have like um, like an airflow in there. So you, you're agitating the water and you add like an accelerant. So you, you, you're adding like essentially like some sort of food for the microbiology. So you might make an extract which is specifically high in a certain nematode, for example, that you might want. And then you put them in this, this tea brew and you add the feed, which then makes them like go nuts exponentially and then you can apply that um and then yeah that's just like next level stuff i'm i'm loving this right and this is why i know we've got awesome people onto this podcast because i asked a question that basically you could have answered by selling your handbook and you didn't <laughs> like <laughs> From my previous life when I used to do podcasts, the answer to that would have been, well, you can buy my handbook for just $9. Do you know what I mean? And I know I've got awesome people because you because you just told us all the things that we should be doing. I, I absolutely <laughs> love that. Um, I, I got um, sort of inspired by by your Instagram, and then I was inspired to, to do the course by um, the book Teaming with Microbes as well. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff's book, yeah. Yeah, and he... he basically uh yeah gives a shout out to dr elaine ingram and and says that i think he did it right did the course right up to consultation level and that sort of gave mm. him the backbone for that book right mm. i think yeah no absolutely yeah i mean it's it's yeah i mean I, yeah i don't know anybody i mean i don't know that many people have done it to be fair but some people i've spoken to online and there's like little forums and stuff where we all sort of nerd out together and like we've got <laughs> we've got like there's like a little facebook group where you can you can take a photo of your microscope or something and then go hey what what's this and then someone will go oh i think that's one of these and then someone <laughs> else will say no i think it's one of these and yeah lo lots of soil fun to be had <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't know anybody that's done it that's not that, that it, like, it like gets you because it's like it's like this magic little world i mean soil is like literally the foundation for life on land isn't it like literally you know we walk on it it it's it, 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 it's where our food comes from you know it's, it's kind of everything but 
for me, like, I guess I probably just took it for granted, like probably most people do. Yeah. Um, so it just, once your eyes are opened up to that, it's like, um, it's like opening up a little box that you can't close again. Yeah, it's all, it's awesome, isn't it? And, and we, I've gone down the road of fungi this year, and it's again, mm. it's the basis of life, isn't it? You mm. see, oh, man, yeah. I well, I keep seeing your your mushrooms you're growing. They look like really good. Oh, it's it's, it's saved my butt this year because the garden's been cr- yeah. like not. It's just not been up to par, and it's yeah. just that one thing. It's almost diverting my attention, and that's where I'm like, well, I need to be hot, mm. going down this road a little bit more because it it's fun. And it's super hot at the market. Everyone wants them mm. as well. Um, so, do you, um, do you follow? I've got a friend. I'm going to give him a shout out, but ju- just because I want to tell you about him, you should follow a guy called All Things Fungi on Instagram. He's a friend of mine, Max. He's a really nice guy, and he he does like it goes on like he grows lots of mushrooms, but he, he does like um, goes on walks in like the Sussex Downs, and he he takes such amazing pictures of mushrooms and then often like you swipe across and then there's like his finger for scale and these mushrooms like tiny little things and um like little slime molds and like some of the stuff that he gets pictures of there's there's this amazing little tiny like it looks like a little blue cup and it's got a water droplet in it just sat in the top there's like this little circle above it and then like you show he's like the next picture like you scroll across you see how tiny that little thing is it's unbelievable oh my god it's yeah, because I feel like they're all replicas of something. The fact that, um, like beef, t- uh, yeah, beef tongue, beef steak mushroom looks like a cow's tongue, mm. and it bleeds, and it's it's mad, and <laughs> like chicken of the woods tastes like chicken. Like the t- it blew my mind when I we made like a KFC batter mix and chopped it up and fried it, and I was eating it, and it tasted like a, like a oh, it was ridiculous <laughs> i couldn't get my head around it but it's yeah. well, but, mad isn't it i mean if people haven't seen um fantastic fungi it's on netflix now yeah and massive that's, that's a fantastic film like it says it in the title but um that's, yeah, that's, that's really good <laughs> but something like some mad isn't it something like they think potentially like 90 percent of fungi is is as yet discovered or classified yet it's like yeah 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 it just it's the most beautiful one of the most beautiful books there you're you're literally shout i can't write quick enough the amount of things i'm gonna have to put in the show notes i'm just gonna (laughs) stop and write that down there um yeah and i know i think you know that you're onto something massive when netflix puts a documentary on there like last year it was the kiss the ground documentary which is huge and you know you know that if it's gone onto there and it's one of those ones i recommend on the homepage. look they're 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 many years too late with with putting these things out there but you know that we're onto something when when it even gets the mainstream yeah Yeah. Yeah, shouldn't be that way it feels wrong it being that way but Uh, and something you hear there my my wife actually after we watched um kiss the ground because it's all stuff i'm well into but Mm. really good watching it with her because she sort of come on this journey with me sort of by proxy really like she's there um and and so uh and she wrote this beautiful song called i think well it's like working title is draw down but it's basically about how we can how things are out of whack and how we can 
fix things and, and, and draw down the carbon and stuff, which is really cool. Not out at all, so you can't hear it, but it's, <laughs> it's very good. It will be. <laughs> This is this is why I've been getting wound up these last couple of weeks. All the billionaires trying to go out and explore space. Like we haven't explored any of our ocean or any of our own below the surface yet. Why are we trying to explore planets that, that well, we'll never thing, inhabit? Right? Yeah. We've got to make composting sexy. That's my that's my thing. Yeah. Like it's got to be cool. It has to become cool because yeah. that's oh. why people are flying to to space because it's perceived as cool. So I've got to make soil cool that's why i wear like cool little organic jumpsuit and stuff hopefully people go oh, that's a cool little organic jumpsuit so you're uh, the kim kardashian of compost is that what we're saying is that the idea <laughs> well i gotta show a bit of arse is that what you're <laughs> <laughs> seems to be how the internet works these days i mean i do it try see if i get <laughs> more likes on instagram but i don't know <laughs> I mean, I, something that I've involved this year, I mean, everyone says, oh, I'm not a livestock farmer. And then I love the, the comeback to that is where you are because of worms, yeah, um, which is massive. Yeah, I mean, worms, uh, worms are a great indicator of like just general. So, I mean, if you just were to, on a really basic level, if you wanted to assess your soil, take out a spadeful um, and they say it's something, I think it's like 16 worms you should have on there. I, uh, mm. Ideally, which would translate, I think it's something like 400, 400 in like a meter squared. And that's like a good sign because worms, worms are like one of the things I learned in that course. Like I knew, I knew on a basic level, worms is good for soil. Mm, yeah. That means good things, right? That's what I knew. That was the extent of worms for me. Now, like I found out that like they, obviously everything that they, that passes through them that goes, you know, they've got that like little band on them, like the little earthworm. Mm -hmm. little on them. So anything that goes through there and then goes through their digestive system becomes inoculated with all this beneficial micro microbiome, microbiology. And, and also everything they touch, everything they touch gets like coated in this goodness. Um, mm. So they're just like, they're just amazing. Like the magic, they're like my new God. They're like, ah, oh, the worms. Like, um, and they're amazing, the stuff that they can do, especially like composting worms. They like eat X amount of times their like body weight in in matter organic matter um and like the little i love finding like the little um yellow look like little yellow balls in in mm. the compost they're like the little sacks that they lay and each one of them's got i think it's something like 20 eggs in it and and usually six to eight of those you know become little worms and then you find all these tiny little baby worms and it's it's for me that's like exciting stuff <laughs> Yeah, but that's, I mean, I'm not necessarily sexy, but that's certainly how we can bring young people into it. I mean, digging soil samples, finding worms, discovering which ones are the, the, the young ones and the older. That's an amazing Yeah, well, my little, lad, my little lad's just over two and he loves finding worms. Like, as soon as I get home, he's like, in the, if the weather's good, he's like, in, and he's up, he's like, in the garden, like, find some, can we find some worms? Yeah. And I go, well, they'll be around by the compost heap, let's have a little look. And he gets them out and... I said, we can't leave them out too long. They die if you leave them in the sunlight. So let's put them back. But he loves finding them and having a little look. And I love that. Something we've employed this year is using animals as part of our composting system. Yeah. Though. We've taken a, well, we're, I've, I've completely ripped off to test to test it but jeff lawton's permaculture sort of using chickens in in mm -hmm. um, compost production. Have you seen really good examples of that? Yeah, well, I've seen various people use it almost as like a little mini, in a little tractor, little chicken tractor, and do like a sort of mini mob grazing with the chickens. So obviously mm. they're, 
Yeah, if you've got an, if you've got an area that you're not growing, I mean, I know it's what you guys do, isn't it? If you've got an area you're not growing in yet, rotate the chickens around that area. They'll feed. I mean, it saves you money, I guess, in feeding them because they'll feed off whatever's in there, bugs and things. And especially if you've got like a compost heap and you put them near that, they're going to find loads to eat in there mm. and like, you know, flip over a log or something. Um, I know Danny at Lawson, he does that, doesn't he, with his chickens. Just, I've seen videos where he just flips over a log and they just go nuts. And, yeah. and, then, um, and, you, and then obviously they're producing like chicken manure, which is going to be enriching your soil. And then they're moving around and, you know, you're, you're just sort of, yeah, you're, you're basically mimicking like a natural process. You're just sort of stewarding it, as we said earlier. You're just kind of facilitating that process by, by sort of, yeah, by, by establishing a sort of working system that mimics a natural one. Yeah, nothing bad can come of that as long as you're keeping your chickens or, or we keep pigs and, and use their manure in our compost mm. as well. As long as they're not having anything bad, they're not on antibiotics or you're yeah, feeding that, them yeah. decent feed, those sorts of things, then then that can only be good, right? Absolutely. I mean, there is the thing with like horse manure and stuff. If there's, you know, depending on what they're fed and all of that sort of thing, mm. you've got to be careful then how you compost that. But if, if they're your own, your own livestock and you know what's, what's going through there and and you're as i say you're managing that system correctly then that's that's only going to win i mean i watched um there's a beautiful beautiful documentary that you should put in your notes called inhabit and um yeah. jack's seen it um you, yeah, you may brilliant. have seen it as well it's beautiful and there's there's a guy on there i think he's one of the first ones on there where he's he's on this bit of land and he he sort of was you know they were cutting the grass and it was just sort of oxidizing on the surface and he's saying as soon as they they brought the livestock in and i think he basically got somebody else who who kept sheep or goats or whatever it was to like come there and they can just graze there like there's he basically realized he had this machine for just producing like boosting his soil because they're eating that grass instead of it just oxidizing on the surface and then this manure's coming out that just like life happens um Mm. you know and and you know in in natural conditions there are animals Mm. um so yeah i mean i'm i'm like i i eat like plant-based so for me like it's a it's a sort of not necessarily keeping animals for food but they they've got to be around mm-hmm. they've got a strong purpose they're perfect biodigesters they're creating yeah. soil aren't they it's amazing yeah yeah that's a sweet eye so the guy's called ben folk i think um, yeah ben folk at the beginning there yeah and he, yeah. he's great I, I swear i feel that um that that whole spiel about um we can be we can be regenerative and then a footprint becomes something you want to leave like he was the first person i heard say that and it's yeah. just like, like, and it's at the beginning of that documentary. I went to a screening with the guy who, who made it, who made that film. Oh, wow. Awesome. And it, and it was like, it just like, like, you know, when it hits you straight away, like opens with this guy and then he drops that on you. And I was just like, that was like, yeah. it, opens, like it opens and finishes with him, doesn't it? Kind of goes back to him. I think it does. Go, yeah. It starts splitting back across a lot of them. Yeah. But he's, he's great. That guy. Hmm. Mm. yeah re- really really knowledgeable um this is quite a cool question and you may have already answered it because you've you've like really passionately said quite a few things that I, I think it might just double up the answer but what's the craziest thing about compost or soil like you found on your journey what's gone like been like that mind-blowing moment i'm sure there's lots of them but one that it may it may have even been at the start mm. i mean definitely something that stands out for me is like a wow was like the first the first look down a microscope at some of the compost that i'd made mm. and just like seeing that what like just wow like whoa like i was i wasn't expecting 
that kind of and, and I've done like some samples of like standard compost that you get like garden center you know DIY store stuff and it's like the side-by-side -side comparisons are pretty extreme in terms of of what's going on so it's like it's quite encouraging because I don't do anything as I say it's all human scale I'm not doing anything high-tech I'm not doing anything crazy like that nobody else could do like a lot of people I've had since doing this have sort of reached out and they want to do something similar and I'm just kind of I'll tell you what to do like because it needs to happen and it needs to happen everywhere like we're kind yeah. of there's like a beautiful my sort of vision is to to if we're going to sort of mimic these like cycles of nature is to basically you have like we a lot of us live in cities right so all the you've got the outside agricultural areas that are sending in food and then we're at the moment like it's going in landfill or it's getting incinerated or whatever's happening if we if, if things like a compost club could happen city-wide, um, like imagine the impact of just basically capturing those nutrients, that the waste nutrients that we don't eat, turning that into like biology, like rich compost that's like unbelievable, like such an abundance of it. And I produce loads of it on, and I'm not doing that many households. And then we become, ex the city becomes an exporter of nutrients back out to that outside agricultural area which then feeds their soil and feeds their crops, which you just have like, it comes, the nutrients just coming in and out. Mm, Filtering through people, obviously, but then also what gets wasted, just you, you, it would remove the necessity for any chemical inputs. It would just boost the nutrition and the fertility of the land and, and just reestablish that relationship. And obviously it's a new, it would be a new, because there will be, there, people would need to be paid to do it in the system that we have now. So it would create new green jobs and it would just be like all good. Um, that's my kind of dream when no, I that... when I go to sleep. Like I wake up smiling when I've had that dream. Oh, good man! There, there's something in San Francisco on a on an industrial scale from the oh, it's called Tomorrow. It's by Incredible Edible. That is mm. one of the best documentaries I can never find again because you have to pay for it uh, right. like a, as a screening. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you can get hold of that, then that is brilliant but there's a place in san francisco where they're doing kind of composting on an industrial scale through mm. the city of san francisco um, but i know what you're saying it's just that let, let's have a society where all if you've got a job you know that your job is beneficial to the planet that would mm. just be well, yeah, you're, yeah, going, you're going to work knowing you're you're not just a, a worker like a yeah. like just doing uh, mm just getting like low pay and then it's just a uh, means to an end it's like you're a part of a ecosystem you're yeah. a part of it like a bee is and i think that's pretty cool it's um your job has like a lot of meaning because you're making soil um, yeah absolutely yeah i did uh, i did an instagram live with a friend that i met i went to this like uk fruit fest i was like just fruitarian for quite a while a few years back and met her there and she basically does like um like um like mentorship for like new entrepreneurs or people setting up new businesses and things like that and it's it's always with like an ethical stance whether that's environmental or people or or whatever it is um and i did an instagram live with her specifically about like the business side of what i do and that's literally one of the answers i gave she was talking about like tips for people and i sort of said that is is what you're setting out to do if you're at stage before you're doing it does it tick that criteria is it good for people you know, are, are you going to employ people? Is it going to be a living wage? Are they, you know, is there, is there more, is there more value from this job than simply the wage? 
um, is, is it good for the planet? Is it is it is the is the world essentially like delineates down to is the world better for you doing this thing beyond just money and economics because if it's not maybe you shouldn't be doing it and maybe you should be finding something that is because you can um or that's what i'm trying to demonstrate hopefully at some point i'll be able to make a good living and (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm building it it's growing (laughs) i'm still on the tools every now and again i love what you said earlier in the podcast about leaving a footprint you want to leave on the world and it's a real shame that the word footprint has been pulled into that carbon footprint and has a negative connotation to it so let's uh, let's uh, re-spin it to a positive one for sure yeah well now i've got those numbers like i did the other night like i'm gonna start sharing my my negative carbon footprint and and that then hopefully we can get people doing that and and one of the cool things it's not happening yet but i'm in talks with the company they're doing they're producing biochar um Mm. from waste wood and they they basically they're kind of they're kind of their business model i think is to sort of sell um you know some people are like they're, they're maybe doing stuff for business where they've got fly or or their businesses where just inherently as part of that there are negative emissions and things like if that business happens it's it's bad for the environment but then they can sort of do these like carbon offsetting things where they like pay somebody to do something good though whether that's plant trees or there's different sort of methods and yeah these guys have sort of approached me they basically need like an outlet for some of the biochar where they can verify that it's gone that it's basically being sequestered as as carbon in soil so mm. and, and i do use some biochar in the composting process and i would use more because it's really good um but i can only produce a small amount i actually got um sent there's a company called the biochar barbecue and it's like a little metal rocket stove it's really cool and you just feed it like race, waste wood, like sticks in there. And like it gets so super hot on the top. And then also there's like a hot plate bit at the bottom. That's a really cool thing people can look at. Um, I've had a lot of fun cooking on that this summer. I was hoping to do like some sort of exhibitions, but like COVID stuff, man, I couldn't really do any of that. Mm. Um, but that's a very cool thing. Well, we could do a whole new podcast episode on biochar, couldn't we? That's another one. <laughs> yes, I've just taken a note. I've got to get that Next talked time. about as well. Yeah, for sure. Though we couldn't let you go without talking about your food growing, though. Um, yeah. And you, I'm sure you won't mind me saying you you started up the market garden last year, but Compost Club yeah. has, has put you at capacity. And I think part of being regenerative is also listening to your body. And so that means releasing something. So I'm glad that you have managed to find peace and releasing the market garden, but you kept your allotment. Yeah. Um, and you kept growing on that. So how's that been? Yeah, good. I mean, it's been a difficult year. Um, so it's been good timing, maybe. Like uh, in terms of say, like in, in terms of like a first year on the little market garden, it was really good. Like I produced yeah. quite a lot. Not loads of food. Like I sold a few little bits and bobs, but I, was, I managed to like eat mostly from it, which is really good. Awesome. Um, and um, in terms of like the soil there was like cracked, clay, dry. It was really bad. And the guy, like, there was just a bit of patchy grass and some docks. And the guy was, like, uh, like had that kind of, like, when I was telling him how I wanted to grow and, like, my approach, you know when you can see someone's got that kind of little smirk, like, yeah, yeah okay, <laughs> you try that, are you here? Are you you're going to try that? And he didn't yeah. tell me until later on that he actually applies fertiliser to, to a lot of his land just to grow grass for his, to feed wow. his horses because it just is so, the soil is so bad. But, um, yeah, just like standard kind of no no dig setup, like rolled out cardboard, like 
big double layers because of the docks. Um, compost, wood chips. Um, there's a bit of manure there that I sort of composted a bit further and then used some of that. Um, and yeah, sort of just set it up. And within like, but after like the first year, the soil, like even during that first year, like he was coming in, he was like, can't believe like, he's like leaning on the fence. I like, can't believe this in the middle because it's right in the middle of eight acres so all around it was like barren mm. and he was like how is it because like, i was going in there like a couple times a week weeding taking me about 20 minutes because it wasn't very big it was a little site um but it was just it, yeah and i just yeah he was like how are you like not why is everything alive like why aren't you watering it all every day and why yeah <laughs> and uh i just said well look have a look so there was like a molehill there was moles there and i sort of dug down in that and it was just it was just really dry and I was just going down and it was all so totally dry. And then I parted some of the compost in one of the beds. And after like just that top little tiny like centimetre, it was moist. And then all the way down, down underneath, I, I went through the cardboard. The soil was all moist. And I was like, that's, and there's worms everywhere. And so it's just basically like the whole, the whole sort of concept is that you can produce an abundance of, of like healthy food and you're constantly regenerating the soil so it's not it's basically not extractive in the way that conventional agriculture is and it's just again it was just sort of to be able to sort of be an example of that was was quite a nice thing and and yeah just ongoing at the allotment i was i was there before it's in the middle of brighton and i used to live down in the middle of brighton so i've had that for quite a number of years so the soil there is great um and although this year growing wise as i say i've sort of dodged a bullet by not trying to sort of have a business of growing stuff um because it's been awful and so the allotment sort of been on the back burner partly just because compost clubs kept me so busy mm. um but also what i've done is i've just basically made massive compost bays at the end of each bed ready to then be brought over the whole bed raked over um in the autumn just to sort of get that a kick start for next year and because because in my head now that's my only growing space next year then i can sort of give that some full attention again and and be quite intentional with that space it's like a little little greenhouse and i've got a little i've got a little shed with a little um solar panel and a wood burner in there and stuff and i put nice. down one side of it some kitchen units so i've got um i've got like a filter so i can attach my hose through this filter and there's a little sink and then before i built the shed i put i dug a sofa way underneath so i've got like a little work in i can cook in the stove and I've got power and lights and I can wash stuff and so we used to it's beautiful we used to like um just harvest a load of stuff wash it cook it up and just eat it outside I did um like a landscaping project for a school in Lewisham and built this like sensory zen garden so I've got like this really like posh little patch out front of my my shed with like granite chips um like a little like a zen gravel pit and then nice. like a little rockery there and stuff. So it's quite a nice little spot. Sounds ideal. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. I mean, it's small, but it's really nice. So yeah, I'm just going to focus on making that that really good and just trying to trying to sort of yeah produce a little bit of good food just for me and the family. Is there is there plans like for for next year? Is that just more compost? Like seeing that as the hobby now, just the the food growing. Um, I think you know, I mean, you're on your own as well, like Michael. So you, I think once you start getting to the point where you want to double, as you said, you want to double 150 to 300 households. Yeah, that's a lot of work in itself. And I think more the food growing bit is like hopefully you'll probably start employing people and and that's the dream. Like I think for me, if I can get this, 
I don't know. I mean, I, t- I try not to have so another thing I said in that sort of like, business minded Instagram thing I did. It's, it's not so much in terms of goals. Like I don't really think, oh, I'm going to do this citywide. Like I don't set those kind of, like set yourself up for failure, I think, potentially, if you set those sort of goals. So I'm just like, like just small wins every day. Like so every time something good happens, I just like do a little dance and then move yeah. on to the next thing, you know. I just get excited. I'm quite excitable chap. So like, um, <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. Uh, so, so like, I, I mean, the, the, the ultimate dream would be to be doing it on a big scale and just like, yeah, I mean, to be able to create like green jobs, paying people living wage, doing something good. Um, and then maybe one day free up some time to be able to get back and do some growing. I do see that in my future to be, doing like a holistic like doing the whole thing like the composting and the growing because it is a real passion of mine and it's sort of it's not how i got into the composting was via growing um for me like discovering similar similar sort of journey to you really minus the traveling like i didn't go anywhere but i just sort of deep dive this whole kind of when i discovered permaculture through like friends and documentaries and then i'm just like like, i mean what like it's just the way i am when i sort of I tend to sort of fixate on a thing and I, I like I need to know about that thing. Mm. Um, so I'll just like, I'll watch all the films and I'll read all the books and I'll speak to all the, all the people. And like, I mean, like Charles Dowding's stuff, like learned a lot there. Like just, there's so much like stuff online that he's done. And obviously he's got his books and stuff as well. And you can don't go and do the courses. I haven't done any of the courses, but like just from watching all the videos and just learning all that stuff, it's just, from from like being a kid like you know like you plant your first little or for me i planted my first little sunflower seed with my granddad and it's just like you know they grow quick so you see the results as a little kid and it's like oh wow like it's magic i mean it is magic it's still magic now for me like you sow a seed a thing grows and then if if you look after that thing nice enough it gives you some food like and then you carry on being alive like it's magic (laughs) (laughs) yes it's uh, yeah i mean and and i think it's come up numerous times you mentioned it earlier but let your food be your medicine and and through i mean this whole podcast has been incredible because it showed that if you look after your soil that will look after your plants and they'll look after you and it's just Mm -hmm. a constant circle that will keep on going and yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Well, we can't let you go without doing. Well, one is the quickfire questions, and we'll get to those in a minute. But the other is to talk about Lewis Football Club, which sounds strange to say because normally you don't normally see uh, a direct correlation between football clubs and necessarily doing doing good <laughs> for a start, or certainly yeah. not on a food growing podcast. So, can you tell us about that collaboration you've just started? Absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was really nice. I mean, I basically I was I was actually turning compost, and I got a call, unknown number. I thought, oh, yeah, I wonder what this is. And it's this chap. He said, "Hi, I'm I'm Bradley," and he just opened with, "I've just signed for Lewis." And at the time, like, I didn't really know I was talking to a footballer, so I didn't really know what that meant. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and he said, so uh, I, I'm from Lewisham and I, I live in Lewisham and I've got this community garden and we do all this growing. And I've been aware of you from Instagram for like a year and really love what you're doing. And yeah, I've just, just signed for Lewis and we want to we wanna look at trying to set up a, a community garden, like a growing project in the stadium. And then as soon as he said that, I thought, oh, I'm talking to a footballer here. Okay. Because like you say, it's kind of, <laughs> out of context mm. like I, didn't, I didn't expect it was going to be a footballer calling me up about it so it was nice um yeah. and he's like yeah really cool chap um and so yeah when when i had a look and um we basically i've sort of helped him 
yeah, we've got a load of wood chip in and spread that out and then got some compost. And we, we, we went a couple of weeks ago, I took just a small bag of, of my compost because I've moved sites. It's kind of, I haven't got loads of it ready at the moment, but there's loads coming through. Um, mm. It takes us the X amount of months to sort of mature before I'm sort of happy with it. But um, I've got a small amount. So we, we, we did like a little spreading of the compost and the worm ceremony, nice. which is nice on one of the beds. Um, so yeah, there's there's like a little WhatsApp group. So we've got sort of some of the local community involved, and and they come and pe- different people go in and water this great big massive football pitch watering hose that we run across the pitch. <laughs> there's actually so there's there's like um it's non-league, so it's like a I think it's three thousand capacities, like the official capacity. But I was told when if it was that, it would be like that would be really full. But like mm, the the main yeah. stand that's alongside the pitch doesn't run the whole length of the pitch, so there's a bit either side. And at one end, there's like just this area that's up on a bank, and then there's a big flat bit at the top with this little flint wall. So we set up in that corner, and then it goes round the corner, and then they've just got a very small, like, terrace area behind the goal. So it's quite mm. a big corner. So we've set this up there. We're, we're, initially, we've got like, there's just four beds there at the moment, and we're looking to sort of go along and then round the corner and then just have like a sort of wildflower on the awesome. on the big steep bits like just just grow like maximum you know um pollinator fodder basically um but yeah it's been really cool and they're, they're a really cool club i mean they're they're i didn't know it's mad i didn't know much about them i grew up as a brighton fan and mm. had season tickets there and, and stopped going um, i'm sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 for a few years i sort of said you know i think i followed them up through the divisions and it was like it's beautiful mm. the whole thing i you know uh, nothing but fond memories but it got to a point where it's like you you get to that kind of premier league elite level and it, it, the the romance wasn't there anymore mm. i think yeah and so i stopped going and then yeah when, when i went in and saw it the first thing i i looked halfway down the stadium i looked around and thought like this is this feels like football this feels like when brighton were at with dean and at the time it was like oh it's rubbish we're getting wet and it's temporary and we need a home and all this stuff but actually looking back with hindsight that was like the best times like my favorite games were there um mm. like interactions with the away fans because you were just sat there and people then mad at each other like yeah. as a kid, <laughs> you know, so sometimes throwing things at each other and all sorts of <laughs> um but yeah their, their whole thing is like a quality fc like they have equal playing budgets than men and women's side mm. um they're just yeah they're all about inclusivity and being on community and they're completely fan owned so i own a share of, of the club like and, and one person can only own one share, so nobody owns it more than anybody else. Um, the directors are like voted for. Um, it's like proper. It's just like if I could imagine a football club to be run a way that w- I would like to be associated with, like that was it. And it just sort of it just sort of appeared before me. And then I, <laughs> so I went home like, oh great, I'm doing this garden thing. And I so that's when I started looking into them. And I was like, oh okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a share. It's like forty quid a year or something. Um, I'm going to be involved in this thing. It's it's great. And then they want to get a couple of compost tumblers in there, start composting wow. like food waste that's generated on match days. And I've mentioned to them about there's a company. One of the things I've started doing is like stocking like home compostable because what there's a big thing between like compostable and home compostable. Yeah. And a lot of stuff, it says compostable, it's commercially compostable and it doesn't actually go, end up going to those places where it will be commercially composted so it might as well just be a plastic cup um but i've got this company that make really cool 
home compostable sponges and like louvre scourers so i've started stocking those to try and encourage like members and people to buy those mm. and there's these guys two farmers crisps and yeah. it, uh, i was sort of skeptical that they were home compostable packs because it felt like foil they're really nice crisps but i thought mm, i'll try it and then they were they were like disappeared in our composting system so i stocked those two now um, so I had a word with them, like, you should get, if you sell crisps, you should sell these crisps. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing to hear. I'm, I'm local, so we'll have to catch a game very soon. Yeah, man. Yeah, we, we found a snake there the other day, actually, and, and Bradley's scared of snakes. It was a grass <laughs> snake, but it was massive. It was, it was a wow. big one. Wouldn't, wouldn't have thought that in a football stadium in a million years. I know. It was, like, it was under a top. We lifted it up, and it was just there, like... There's this little dead mouse. It obviously probably caught this mouse and then we just disturbed it and it was like, hey. Man, it's so, ex- it's so exciting as well. It's just doing something positive uh, and that's on mm. a bigger scale and, and other industries are being infiltrated into this industry, which is a great collaboration. Absolutely. So ha- ha- hats off to you, man, for getting involved and, and making something cool happen. Yeah. Well, it's nice because it's, it's, it's like I still get to facilitate doing some growing, but it's not like all on me. Like yeah. people are going to water in. Like I just go there. I generally pop in like once a week if I can. Um, I mean, what's really cool is hopefully I'll be able to just pop in on a Saturday and do a morning and then just stay and watch the game. Like that would be really cool. <laughs> we, were, we were laughing about like the idea that like fans might, you know, instead of sort of the usual, it might be like, uh, oh, you're rubbish and your carrots are wonky and. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell yourself? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go to a game. We'll start that chant together yeah, and see yeah. if it catches on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's brilliant. Right, let's get into these quick fire questions where we put you on the spot here, Michael. Okay. Um, and the first one, like we've, we've got like some that I think are pretty solid now, but our first one is, what's your favourite tool to use on the plot? In terms of composting, it's got to be, it's got to be my, it's got to be my fork because I'm just always, I'm like glued to the thing like when I'm composting because there's so many, because I've got so many bays, they all need turning and it's all by hand. Um, in the garden, you know what, my dad bought me this beautiful little, um, little knife. Um, it's, it's festal um, and he, he, we, he, he's a tradesman, so is me, so a lot of our tools are festal and there's just this beautiful little knife with like little wooden wooden veneered handle and i just use that all the time for like harvesting and like just chopping off bit like you know pruning and stuff and i can Mm. sharpen it um i really like like in terms of enjoyment of using a a thing i really like that like the blade just flicks back into the handle it's a nice little thing Mm. lovely and crop that you grow that you know you shouldn't or can't and this may be something from last year or this may be something that's just uh i've got an avocado tree in my mum's garden now <laughs> how's it doing it's doing all right my <laughs> it's doing all right my stepdad threw it in the bin once and we we got it back out because he thought it was dead and i was like no i promise you it's not dead and it's it's still doing its thing and if and anything they, it should have been in the compost bin dad come on <laughs> they, they'll, they'll i think i think he did that free compost club but even so, yeah, um, they are members, by the way, now. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, there's, that, that's been there maybe three years now. I bought it, I bought it for like a little sapling thing because um, I, I started growing a couple myself, you know, like because if you put a compost stone in the compost bin, the way I was composting before was just in those green joannas and it would always, by the time I emptied those, like a year later, there'd be little sprouts from it. Yeah, and definitely. interestingly, when I compost them now, in the tumblers and then 
like in the bays and stuff like they just they just like fall apart now and they do actually compost but um in those sort of more basic ways it, it wasn't but yeah she wanted one because i had one so i got one and it's that that one's still doing still doing its thing um so probably that um yeah i haven't done i didn't do too much i didn't do anything too exciting i planned to like this year like second year first year i was just sort of really doing basic stuff mm. um so that's probably the only thing really i did try i had like a little um like little citrus trees like a little lemon one and a little orange one but they both died because they're <laughs> you know, they're not for here what's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um your favorite allotment or growing hack but we can even spin this into what's your favorite like composting hack that anyone could do yes mm, hack i mean i would say one of like the top little tips is the chimneys in compost bays because i think the main problem a lot of people will get is like it goes anaerobic in the middle and stuff so if you just get a big branch or a big stick and you just poke it down from the top and like you might have to go up and down a few times it's quite i enjoy doing it it's quite a little workout and then just like wiggle it around a little bit and then lift it out you create this beautiful little cylinder going down through it where the air can then get in and like penetrate into the middle you could put a few in if you need to and like if, if the if the pile is quite well established as soon as you take that thing out like the steam coming up it's really especially if it's like in the evening it's a little bit cooler the steam coming up is really like quite satisfying that that's a good one in terms of composting growing hacks hmm i mean yeah i don't know if there's any hacks really i like i, I really like i mean it's pretty well known just like string in the polytunnel bury it under the root ball for things like tomatoes i always that was always one that i enjoy doing yeah nice no, they're both, both good i think the compost one i'm definitely gonna do this year I'm definitely gonna give mm -hmm. that a go Oh, super satisfying that that steam coming off and i always just leave i mean this is just this just makes me happy but i leave i've got on this massive like it's an old like um railway worker spike massive metal spike and i use that to make the holes and yeah. then in the winter i normally just leave it in there because if i've got particularly cold hands after a wet job i pull it out and just hold on to yeah. it for a bit because it's like holds the compost heat and just warms my fingers yeah. up a little bit yeah. It's yeah. Nice. yeah i mean i guess i guess what could be a good act to combine the composting and the growing is put a compost pile a hot compost pile in your greenhouse over winter or, yeah. or like early in the spring because then you're generating heat in your greenhouse and you could like start off seeds on it as well it's mm -hmm. a great tip yeah works works a treat we've been trying to work out a way of running water pipes through it to heat the polytunnel as well but that's a, um, well, a yeah actually I, I spoke this, this is becoming less quick fiery but i spoke <laughs> to somebody a really cool idea would be to like basically a coil a massive coil of like um, plastic pipe around within a where you construct a hot compost bay so it's in there mm. um and you could have you could set up like a little compost shower compost heated mm. shower obviously you'd only heat up the water that's in the pipe but what i was saying is you could have a little solar pump and a cylinder so it so you, it's constantly being it's constantly going round and it heats yeah. up the whole the whole cylinder. So you've got a cylinders worth of of, of compost shower. Like that would be That's really cool. fun. I'd love to do that one day. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, as long as we don't call it the compost heat. shower, it sounds like you'd get <laughs> less. It's the thing clean. in Asia. No, it's the thing in Asia. Compost bathing apparently is a thing. Ah. Getting in there because it's a different kind of heat. It's it's like it's like moist heat, isn't it? And mm. and the microorganisms that are in there. Are good for you it's one of the things elaine ingham said on the course like if you if you verified the quality of your 
complete compost, as they call it, or biocomplete compost, is what they call it, and do an extract. She was like, "You could drink it." <laughs> like, I'm not telling you to drink it, but she's like, "I would drink it." Like it, the stuff that's in there, good for your soul, probably really good for your gut. Wow. As long I as you verify just... there's no pathogens in it, so like, don't do it. I'm not advocating for it, but <laughs> if you could verify there's no pathogens in it, it's not going to hurt you. Mm. I think we've just discovered how to make compost sexy. <laughs> bathing in it. Bathing in it. Bathing yeah, yeah. That's, in that's it. worth a uh, butt pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <Instagram> has <laughs> um, the next one's least favorite crop you grow, but I'm going to adjust it. I want to know what are the least favorite or the things you shouldn't put in the compost heap. Wow, oh, good, well good. Done. I like that. Okay, okay. So, all right. They're not like, it's not like least favourite, but there's some things that after like two or three weeks in the tumbler, like I play this game, like fun composting game, makes it fun, right? What was that? Yeah. <laughs> that's the game. That's what it's called. What was that? And you've got to try and work out what the stuff is. And there's things like avocado skins, um, sometimes banana skins, the tops of pineapples. Mm -hmm. And I think what it is, right? I think because those things aren't from here, I think that we don't have, because composting the way I do, I don't add, I don't, like the, the, the bacteria and the fungi just populate because they're here, they're in the air, they're in the environment. Um, so they're like the native organisms. And those things don't grow here. So I suspect that if you were to compost them where they grow, they would break down efficiently. But here they don't. Um, it takes a lot more, like much later in the process is when they actually start to disappear. Um, you know, they come out sometimes like pineapple tops. If I don't like rip them all up, like if I don't spot them as they go in and I don't, you know, I don't tend to like go through every little bit of food waste. Um, like when I empty after three weeks, it just still looks exactly like a pineapple top, just a little bit, like a little bit cooked. That That's a really interesting observation because mm. obviously dip, different parts of the world will have different bacteria different fungi yeah. uh, different and then that's why potentially you get ill when you go really far abroad because your micro gut biome can't yeah. digest or or is reacting to something in that food that is, is foreign yeah so, absolutely. so you mm. get the shits <laughs> <laughs> yeah that happens that can happen yeah well, you, I mean, you're you're more you're more well travelled than me, so you know more about that than me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I think I've I've been unscathed to a degree. I've gone to a lot oh, okay. of. Uh, I've not gone to t Costa Rica was probably mm. the most tropical place, but I mean, obviously you get Delhi Belly and mm. and things like that. So I can imagine it's a lot different there. But and, uh, <laughs> apparently, you don't have condiments in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> well they don't have them or you shouldn't have them no you shouldn't have them you shouldn't have ice in your drink and things like that yeah right so the all important question is do you prefer a morning tea or coffee it's either at the plot or when you're composting I'm going to yeah. give I will, we'll throw it um, so just um, where, where you're going to be most or like an afternoon beer to be like yeah I've, I've deserved that hmm I'm, do you know what? I'm not big on caffeine, but I'm also not a big drinker either. I'm really exciting in that way. Um, <laughs> I try to sort of limit any sort of stimulants. But a friend of mine that I met through this business thing has a company called Bear Cacao, 
and they do because I, I I don't like coffee. I I like tea and I drink like uh, rooibos tea. I drink that. Um, but I've started. He sent me his little pouch and it's so it's basically roasted like coffee and then ground up like coffee and you make it like it's a coffee but it's like cacao it's like this sort of subtle chocolatey and you get a real buzz but it's not caffeine and um that's been really doing it for me lately like i've run out so i need to order another pouch so um that i would say is that allowed it's not tea or coffee but it's well, yeah cool. it's not happened before but i like it, it. <laughs> at least it, didn't it? say neither <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I opened with sort of neither but actually lately um, I have been occasionally enjoying a cold cider, like in this heat afterwards, after work. Mm. That, that's um, it then. You, we're we're going to chuck you in that club, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a pretty well-known food podcast and someone came on and they chose water, protein shake. Like you have to choose your favourite menu and they put like water, protein shake, plain chicken breast and just stuff like that. And it's like the worst episode of the podcast you could ever hear. And I'm just fearing that someone comes on, you say, oh, is it tea, coffee or beer? And they go, that, oh, just, the, just water. And oh, no, I can't. Is that the food podcast where it's like you pick your, your dream meal? Yeah, off menu. You? Yeah, yeah, I love that podcast. I haven't heard that one. Who did, who chose that? Um, Joel Domit, the comedian. He's massively into his fitness. So it was just like, yeah, water, chicken breast and protein shake was his dessert. Oh, and uh, they gave him a lot of shit for it. I bet they gave him some, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they do. <laughs> yeah, it's my worst <laughs> nightmare so. someone picks water. So I'm glad you had some other choices lined up. Still or sparkling? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, we've taken up, wow, like two hours of your time. So thank you so much for, for like sharing all the knowledge and, and just coming on and having a good fun chat. It's been great. For people listening, where can they find you online? And also where can they pick up a copy of your composting handbook? Um, you can find everything and links and stuff at compostclub.online. But like mostly I'm active on Instagram in terms yeah. of social media. So um, I'm compost.michael or... Um, compost.club awesome yeah no it's been a pleasure man um, I can as you can probably tell I can talk about this stuff all day um, so yeah it's been it's been great thanks so much for coming on man we'll speak to you soon yeah take care guys have fun see ya yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs>